Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers. We don't care anything else. Let's go. Right, hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. It is now technically Tuesday, January 2nd, recording this in the, I guess, technically very, 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 very early morning of Tuesday, January 2nd, just about 20 hours after we recorded the Packers-Vikings recap episode. So this is a pre-recorded episode for the Packers-Bears preview I am on vacation while you're listening to this. I'm in Chicago, and then we'll head up to Green Bay, be in Green Bay, be in Lambeau for the Packers-Bears game, the game that we are previewing today. So this is a a pre-recorded episode. Maybe I'll insert a clip somewhere in here about Nicholas from Wednesday coming in and telling you about the injury report, because I do think that'll be relevant to this episode. But as of right now, there is no injury report. I'm recording this on Monday or Tuesday, I guess now, technically. So no injury report to discuss, but let's talk about the game, everything about it. Except I do actually have something to talk to you about. This is Nicholas from Wednesday here coming to you from my Airbnb in Chicago. And I just want to talk about the Packers injury report because that came out today. Today is Wednesday. And so we're going to run through it talk about everything that needs to be discussed. So let's go through the injury report as we always do on the Packers side of things. Jair Alexander, full participant on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Zane Anderson limited with a knee. Devondre Campbell, full participant with a neck injury. AJ Dillon, DNP with a thumb slash neck. Rudy Ford, DNP with a hamstring. Elton Jenkins, DNP with a knee. And now they've added an ankle injury to that list. Aaron Jones limited with a knee slash finger. Isaiah McDuffie DMP with a concussion slash neck. Luke Musgrave limited with a kidney. Josh Myers limited with a neck. Keyshawn Nixon limited with a quad. Jonathan Owens limited with a knee. Jaden Reed limited with a chest. Darnell Savage full participant with a shoulder injury. TJ Slayton limited with a knee. Preston Smith DNP with an ankle. Luke Tenuted full participant with an ankle. Quay Walker limited with a shoulder. Christian Watson limited with a hamstring Dontavian Wicks limited with a chest and Emmanuel Wilson a full participant with a shoulder injury on the bear side of things Tyson Bagent their backup QB DNP with an illness Jalen Johnson DNP with a shoulder Cole Komet DNP with a knee Darnell Mooney DNP with a concussion TJ Moore limited with an ankle and Patrick Scales DNP with a foot so on there what's notable what do we need to discuss well right off the back Watson Wicks and Reed are all practicing we don't know exactly which of those three are going to play but an awesome sign regardless christian did say that it's looking like he's going to be able to play on sunday that's an awesome sign Jaden said everything was fine after last sunday and today when he spoke regarding his status said i feel pretty good so sounds good on both the Jaden and christian front again we'll have to see what happens when they're out there on sunday we're still not really sure how many receivers are going to be out there we could get none of watson wicks and reed we could get all three of Watson, Ricks, Wicks, and Reed, so TBD there, but an awesome sign that those three are back. Other big uh, pieces of news, Elton not practicing, but Josh Myers is practicing. Not great, 
not as bad as it could be. It sucks to have Elton out. We, he, at the, I mean, at this point, he may very well miss Sunday, and it seems like it's with an ankle injury. So he did have a knee injury. That's something he's sort of been dealing with, but it sounds like he's being listed with a new ankle injury. Looks like if Elton misses, we're going to get both Ryan and Runyon for 100% of the snaps. On Sunday, Myers practicing with that information out there is huge because that means that significantly decreases our chances of having to see Royce Newman play any snaps at guard. Other smaller notes uh, from an injury standpoint, Devondre Campbell. He is back to a full participant, so we're getting him back while Isaiah McDuffie isn't practicing. Honestly, I would much rather have Isaiah McDuffie out there than Devondre Campbell, so that's a bit of a downgrade. Jair Alexander listed as a full participant. I think that's his first full practice since he injured his shoulder back in Week 9. Whatever, we'll have to see. He's back, though. And Matt didn't commit to him as a starter, but just sort of speaking on the aftermath of the suspension or the short-term aftermath, Jair said when asked, you know, what's going to change? He said not much is going to change, though his interviews are going to get a little bit more serious. And what happened last Sunday, which I assume he was referring to the coin toss incident in Carolina, he said that's not going to happen again. Matt said he had a good, good conversation with Jair, and Jair said he wants to be a Packer for the future, so really all sides saying the right thing there. Yeah, that's what I have on the injury front. That's all the things that I think need to be covered. Just wanted to get that out there. And um, yeah, so I'll let you get back to, in your mind, current Nicholas discussing the game with you. Before we do that, though, not putting the cart before the horse, let's talk about some, some news. So Actually, a little bit of news on Monday. First of all, Bo Melton signed to the active roster, Samari Toure, to the IR. Talked about this move yesterday um, on the recap episode. There there was no reason for this not to happen. I was surprised it didn't happen after the Carolina game. Now it happens officially. Bo Melton to the active roster, Samari Toure at, off, off the active roster. I, I This feels like a fake IR move for Samari Toure. Maybe they say... Yeah, his 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 chest is a little banged up. Move him to the IR. Doesn't really feel like an injury situation with Samari. Feels like they don't want him getting poached, so they move him to the IR and they bring Bo Melton up to the active roster. This is mostly a Bo Melton news. This is mostly Bo Melton news. He has played incredibly the last two weeks, filled in just astonishingly well with Christian Watson out, with Dontavian Wicks out, with Jaden Reed out for half the game. He has filled in so well. The first Packers receiver to go over 100 yards this year did that two days ago, technically, against Minnesota. I really got to stop these super late-night recordings because I'm getting all confused with the days. Um, but just shout out Bo Melton. He's performed really well, totally, totally deserves this elevation, and it's awesome to see him up here. Other bits of news, Packers officially lift the Jair Alexander suspension, so Jair has been reinstated. I would guess he's just going to go in on Sunday and start, be the starting cornerback. Would be very hard for me to believe he's not going to be. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how Chicago tests him. The Packers have played much better in the secondary, if we're being honest, with Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine in there than with Jair or Jair and Stokes or Jair and Carrington. That's pretty interesting. So I think Jair will go in there. He'll probably be the, the number one corner. It'll be him and Carrington. And then we're just going to have to see how Chicago attacks that. Hopefully he he goes in, he looks awesome, and we can all move past this whole suspension thing. Last thing I want to talk about with this game, 
This is a win and in game. If the Packers win this game, they are in the playoffs. They're playing the wild card round in the wild card round. And I, based on the current playoff picture, they will likely be playing the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy in Dallas in the wild card round. If the Packers lose this game, now there's still a chance they're in the playoffs. What has to happen is Minnesota would have to lose to Detroit. Seattle would have to lose to Arizona and either Tampa Bay or New Orleans would have to lose. So if that happens, Minnesota loses, Seattle loses, and then either Tampa Bay or New Orleans loses, then the Packers are in the playoffs regardless of whether or not they win. However, at the time at which the Packers will be playing this game, and as far as we know right now, the Packers have to win to get in the playoffs. And that means that this is, for the second straight year, a game with all of the marbles. And let's go back to last year. Packers, Lions at Lambeau Field. A winning in game for the Green Bay Packers against an already eliminated Detroit team. Chicago, this year, they're eliminated. Green Bay eliminated them by winning over Minnesota last week. Detroit was eliminated last year, and they came in, and they went in, and they beat Green Bay. They just pounded Green Bay 20-16, to a devastating defeat for the Packers. Rodgers' last game at Lambeau, his last pass at Lambeau, ended or came on an interception to Kirby Joseph. The players aren't forgetting that. I'll tell you what Jordan said. The guys don't forget that. They remembered what happened. Matt clearly remembers. I think Matt, if anyone is going to go into this game with a chip on their shoulder, it's Matt. Because he said, I think the first thing he said after that Minnesota game was, you know, great effort, so proud of the guys. And then he said, but none of this matters if they don't win on Sunday. If the Packers don't go in a week from that Minnesota game and win again. And everyone in 1265 Lombardi, I I think there's no way they don't have one hell of a chip on their shoulder. I mean, the rookies, maybe it means a little bit less to Jaden, but Christian Watson, you better believe he wants to go out there and play and win the football game for the Packers. Jordan Love, same thing. He watched Aaron Rodgers shrink a little bit in the moment last year. I bet you he wants to go out there and rise to the occasion. Aaron Jones, same thing. A.J. Dillon, same thing. Everyone on the offensive line, same thing. I could go down the list. This is, for the second straight year, a time or a game where the Packers can seal and get into the playoffs. By the way, another thing the Packers, as an organization, probably really want to avoid, hard knocks. If they make the playoffs this year, they are not eligible for hard knocks. If they don't make the playoffs, they will have missed the playoffs for their second straight year, and there's basically no way they don't end up on hard knocks. So, yeah, it's time. It's time for the Packers to go out. Second try, they get a second chance at this thing. Go out there, make it right, actually win the football game, and actually get in to the playoffs. That's what I have. That's my speech. That's my little speech. Go out there, do the damn thing, win the football game, and get into the playoffs. Let's talk, with that out of the way, a little bit about the game. So, looking at this game on the whole, I think this is a very interesting game because it's Packers-Bears. It is, I mean, obviously there's a historic rivalry there, but it's the same matchup that we had back in Week 1. And in Week 1, the Packers won in an absolute blowout on the back of some dominant defense Aaron Jones Jordan Love played fine but it was mostly Aaron Jones the offensive line carrying that game along with the defense now the Packers team is completely flipped 
And honestly, the Bears team, I'm not going to say it's flipped, but it has certainly turned a massive corner. The Packers, right now, they're winning on the back of Jordan Love, their playmaking receivers, and, and still Aaron Jones, but more Jordan Love, their playmaking receivers, and their tight ends. They're winning in spite of their defense. The Bears, I said it, they've changed two. Their offense looks much better. I'm not going to say Justin Fields looks anything like a... a future amazing quarterback he certainly still has his issues as a passer but the Bears have leaned into the ground game their offense looks much better than it did back in week one but more impressively their defensive turnaround has been remarkable they've gone through their ups and downs but the defense as a whole is much improved they haven't given up over 20 points they haven't get let that sink in the Chicago Bears defense I mean, you want to talk about the Packers always seem to do the quarterback position right. The Bears always seem to do the defense right because they haven't given up over 20 points to a team since November 19th. They traded for Montez Sweat. Everyone laughed at the Bears trading for Montez Sweat. I laughed at it. They gave up, I don't know, like two firsts for Montez Sweat. What are you doing, right? Kind of seemed to work so far. It has seemed to work because Montez Sweat has just kickstarted that entire unit. The linebackers, which were not playing well in week one when the Packers played the Bear, when when the Packers played the Bears, those linebackers, the Chicago linebackers are playing much better. Both teams look a whole lot different. And now you get another matchup between these two teams. Definitely two very much, I would say very much improved teams. Some have, I mean, Chicago, I would say, on the whole, has gotten better in pretty much every area. Green Bay has gotten much better in some areas. Jordan Love, the receivers, the tight ends, the offensive line from a pass pro standpoint. It's also gotten much worse in some areas, <clears throat> the defense. So let's go out. Let's see what it really looks like. Week 18, end of the season. It's going to be cold at Lambeau Field. Go win a football game. This is... This is exactly what you want football to be like. January, cold, Lambeau Field, all, all the stakes on the line. Go win a game. Go win a game. So let's talk about some of the offensive keys to winning this game. And my first offensive key is to win in the trenches. And if Green Bay wins in the trenches, both in the pass game and the run game, I will feel very good about at least the offense in this game. And... That kind of feels like a cop-out. It feels like you can go into any game and say, you know, if you win in the trenches, you have a good chance of winning the football game. Of course, that is true in football, right? You want to do well. You especially want to do well up front. But I think it's especially true in this game. First of all, from a passing standpoint, the Bears' pass rush has feasted up front ever since they traded for Montez Sweat. He's been an absolute game wrecker. They did lose, I think, their sack leader, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, in the Minnesota game a couple weeks ago, so that is a devastating loss for Chicago, but still, they're a unit. They're one heck of a pass rush unit up front, and if the Packers let Montez Sweat and the rest of that Bears front, they will wreak havoc all game, get after Jordan, and things could get ugly. So they definitely are going to want to stop Chicago's pass rush, and from a run game standpoint, you want to do well in the run game, because against a good defense, that tends to set your offense up for a lot of success. Chicago's linebackers, they've improved massively from the beginning of the season. But if Green Bay is able to, to control things up front, get guys, get offensive linemen spring holes up front, give gaps for Aaron Jones to run through, 
all of a sudden, you're able to set up play action off of that, right? Hard under center runs, pound that over and over and over. Linebackers get used to having to come up, fill gaps, run play action, suck up the linebackers, boom, hit a dig route in behind that 20 yards to Romeo Dobbs. It's, it's the little things. And if the Packers can find success in the run game, they kind of take the linebackers out of the equation a little bit. They definitely make it harder for the Bears defense, which will do so well if they're just able to tee off on Jordan Love. It'll make it much harder for the defense to just be able, the Bears pass rush especially, to just be able to tee off on Jordan Love. And then the Packers can really run the offense that they want to run. So how does that happen? How do the Packers win both in the run game and in the pass game up front? Well, unsurprisingly, it comes down to the offensive line. Those guys have to win. And interestingly, or unfortunately, the Packers kind of have two unknowns at uh, with injuries up front. Both Josh Byers and Elton Jenkins went out of that Minnesota game, didn't return. I do think the Packers can survive losing one of those guys because let's say they, they don't get Elton back. Okay, then Myers is at center. You put either Runyon or Ryan at left guard, and you put the other one, either Runyon or Ryan, whoever's not at left guard, at right guard. You can survive like that, because Runyon and Ryan right now are pretty close. Runyon's been playing a lot better. Ryan looks pretty good, especially in the run game. So, yeah, it sucks losing Elton. He's been playing awesome football, but you can live with it. If you lose Myers, all right, it sucks, but you put Elton at left guard, you put Ryan at right guard, you move Runyon to center. Again, you can live with it. But they definitely cannot afford to lose both Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins. Because then, you have to put Runyon at one of the guard spots. You have to put Ryan at the other guard spot. What does that leave you with? Royce Newman at center? Probably don't want that. Okay, so maybe you put Runyon at center. Then you have Ryan at one of the guard spots. And oh no, now you have to have Newman in at guard. Newman filled in at guard for eight snaps against Detroit. Ended up on his ass on three or four of those. You definitely do not want Royce Newman starting this game on Sunday. So you can't lose both Josh both Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins. We're going to see what ends up happening. Honestly, let's just say the Packers are out both Myers and Elton. I know Zach Tom's been playing awesome at right tackle. But in my mind, there's no way that you can do that you can put Royce Newman in there. So the best course of action in my mind at that point would be Rasheed Walker at left tackle, John Runyon Jr. at left guard, or Sean Ryan at left guard, whoever, whichever way you want to do that, Zach Tom at center, and then one of Runyon or Ryan at right guard, and then Josh Nyman at right tackle. I think that's the best thing that the Packers could do from an offensive line standpoint. But whatever, getting a little bit ahead of myself here, I don't even know what the injury report's going to look like at the time of recording this. Either way, the Packers, it all comes down to the offensive line when it comes to winning in the trenches. Ryan, he's been moving people in the run game. I think it's no coincidence that the more he plays, the better the run game works. He does such a good job of what the Packers have really lacked on the offensive line is road graders. Guys that can take a defensive lineman and move him off the spot, create really just a, a lane for, for the running back to get through. Ryan does an awesome job of that. That is what I love about what he does more than Runyon. And so I think when you're looking at, hey, 
How's this run game going to work? Can the Packers get the run game going? You're looking at the interior offensive line. You're looking at Ryan. You're looking at Runyon. If both of those guys are playing at the same time or if they're rotating again, you're looking at how well those guys are moving people. If Myers is at center, how's he doing? Oh, pretty interesting. The better Myers plays, the better the offense pl tends to play. The worse Myers plays, the worse the offense tends to play. So look at how Josh Myers plays if he plays. If Zach Tom's in at center, look at how Zach Tom plays. Look at how Sean Ryan plays. Look at how John Rennie Jr. plays. It's going to come down to those guys on the interior. How well are they doing at moving people off their spot, creating lanes for Aaron Jones, creating lanes for A.J. Dillon? That is going to be massive in the Packers winning up front and winning on the ground. And hopefully they can get some, some play action going off of that too. And... You know, speaking of play action, speaking of the play action pass, which hopefully comes from the running game, how do you have success when you're passing the football? Not just standard shotgun passes, but also play action passes, right? That comes down to the tackles. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about winning in the trenches in the pass game. Rasheed Walker, Zach Tom, I gave them their praise versus Minnesota. They deserved it. Both played at a very high level, held off a very good edge rusher in Daniil Hunter. They have to do it again. They're going to be matched up against Montez Sweat, who I mentioned he's been on a tear, an absolute tear. It's time for Zach Tom, Rashid Walker to play their ass off again. And if those guys are shutting Sweat down, the Packers are moving the ball on the ground. I feel so good about their chances because that means the Packers can run the ball and you can run the ball. You really can assert your, your dominance on a defense. And then... Tackles are playing well. You can pass block a little bit, sets up play action, sets up shotgun passes. You're not having Jordan running for his life back there. A lot of games come down to the trenches, but when you look at Chicago, a defense that's been winning so much because of their defensive front, the Packers offensive line is going to be a massive part of this game. My second key, find your playmakers. Chicago's secondary, I, I talked about their defensive front. It's been playing very well, but their secondary has two. It is led by an all-pro level cornerback, at least the, with the way he's been playing as of late in Jalen Johnson, the Packers have to be able to find ways to get explosives against that secondary. Because without explosives, yeah, maybe you can run the ball. That's great. But you have to put together 10, 12, 15 play drives. And I'm not saying that's impossible. They can do it two, three times a game. But it's going to get pretty tough to do that consistently against a front like Chicago. So they're going to need to find explosives. How? My first thing, the first way I would say in which you can get explosives, get the ball to guys in space. And I don't really know who's going to play again at the time of recording this. Jaden Reed said he wanted to play after Minnesota, after the Minnesota game, he was asked in the locker room, you know, are you going to be good for next week? And Jaden Reed said, shoot, man, I wanted to go back in there uh, today. So, you know, yeah, um, but he was ruled out. Matt said they're hopeful he'd be available, but we still have to see there, despite what Jaden says. So we're well, not sure if Jaden's going to be playing. Not really sure what's going on with Christian. No injury report again, so we're not sure whether Christian or Dontavion are practicing. Same thing with Luke Musgrave. Hopefully he can play, but didn't play this past week. So we'll see where he's on in terms of his path to recovery. Whoever's out there, the Packers have to get him the ball. And you saw versus Arizona, you saw, so I went back, I watched the Chicago Bears versus Arizona game from not this past week, but a week ago. And when you look at the film, 
Arizona found some success on the edge versus Chicago. Some of that was off of Kyler running the ball. So the Packers could perhaps emulate some of that, run some QB read options. That could work a little bit. But also, throw some screen passes out there. Reed, Wicks, Watson, hell, Bo Melton, right? Short passes on the edge, let the receivers get the ball in their hands quickly, get upfield. Maybe you run a couple of fast guys on some crossers. Packers have a bunch of fast guys. Jaden Reed turned a short little catch, maybe four-yard catch, into a 25-yard touchdown against Minnesota. Let's see some of that. You know who else is really fast? Bo freaking Melton. Give him a drag route, let him take it upfield, 10, 20 yards, and Christian Watson, fastest guy on the team. Give him some drag routes if he's playing. That is one way for the Packers to get explosives. That's very scheme-based, very run-after-the-catch-based. The second way to get explosives, honestly, just win. The Packers' best players have to win. And I didn't think that the Bears played a, a particularly large amount of man coverage snaps when I went back, when I watched their film. But they did play it sometimes. And when they did, opposing offenses didn't do a good job of capitalizing. Well, it's tough because... The Bears have a pretty good secondary. Again, I mentioned Jalen Johnson, but Packers have some pretty good receivers. And I want to see them, whoever's out there, go out there and win. Watson, Wicks, Reed, I, I mean, whoever plays, I believe in them. And I believe they can go out there and win. Bo Melton, this is, this is what's so incredible. The Packers have legitimately six wide receivers right now that you could tell me they're out there on the field. And I'd say yes. I like that. Christian Watson, awesome. Great. Give, give me more Christian Watson. Wicks, give me more of Wicks. Jaden Reed, give me so much more of Jaden Reed. Romeo Dobbs, like him. Bo Melton, love what he's put on tape. And Malik Heath, big fan of him as a possession guy. If any combination of Watson, Wicks, and Reed play, I feel really good about the Packers being able to beat the Bears man coverage. Even if you stick me with Romeo, Bo, and Malik Heath, I could be, I could definitely be worse off. So whenever, whoever is out there, they have to win. You're matched up against Jalen Johnson, put Bo Melton on a streak and just let him fly downfield. He's at his best when he's using his speed. Let him use his speed and get open versus man coverage. Romeo, pretty sudden. Let's see some of that suddenness come into play. Slants, comebacks, whatever it is. Packers have to find ways to get explosives, to win, let the receivers get the ball, either turn it upfield and get explosives after the catch or make explosive catches, hit Romeo. Packers haven't really connected with Romeo on a deep shot this year. I guess they did versus Carolina, but not too many. Maybe we get a deep shot to Romeo. Packers have to find ways to get explosive. So first key, offensive line has to win. Ground game, pass game has to win. Second key, receivers need to come out. Receivers need to ball out. Some of it comes down to Matt and getting the ball to his receivers, but, but a lot of it also comes down to the receivers winning when they're given the chance. And again, I don't know exactly who's going to be out there, but whoever is, they have to make plays. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, my defensive keys, my first defensive key, play disciplined football. And disciplined football is probably the biggest key that I can give you against a Bears offense that will make you pay for coverage busts or not holding the edge. Basically, it'll make you pay for being undisciplined. And if Rashawn Gary keeps biting on these QB options, you better believe that it's going to be a long day. It is going to be a very long day because the Bears will run Justin Fields on quarterback options all day where he's reading Rashawn Gary and Rashawn Gary is going to keep biting on the handoff. Justin Fields is just going to pull it right around him, turn it upfield, and make a massive gain out of it. So, 
Packers have to be disciplined there. They also have to be disciplined in their coverage responsibilities because DJ Moore, he's just been getting better and better and better and better and better and better. Packers have to make sure that they're not leaving wide open zones, busting coverages. If they are, good luck. DJ Moore is going to make you pay. So how do you play this disciplined football? I'm going to give you some some wise words of advice here. Be disciplined. Edge guys, you have to hold you have to hold your edge. And I'm not too concerned about Preston Smith or LVN holding their edge. They've done a good job of that all season, but I am very concerned about someone like Rashawn being undisciplined. I'm concerned that he is going to bite on the handoff over and over and over again. Justin Fields is going to tuck it, take it around the edge for him first down, right? I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about guys leaving their assignments not making, not doing their job. And that cannot happen because it takes all 11 on the field, especially when you play a quarterback as dynamic as Justin Fields. It takes all 11 guys being disciplined, being in the right place and doing their job. And Rashawn Gary actually put it really well on the NBC postgame show. Funnily enough, Rashawn Gary, Mr. I'm going to bite on the handoff every single time and let quarterbacks take it on a read option. Rashawn Gary said very, very well, a key to their defensive success was, quote, being in the right place. Rashawn's got to be in the right place and has got to stay in the right place. Secondary, similar things, right? Do your job, maintain your coverage, don't get overly aggressive. I I I said it with Jair. Maybe the Bears are going to test Jair a little bit, see if he's willing to maintain his discipline in terms of keeping with the zone that he's supposed to be covering. They have to be disciplined. The defense has to be disciplined. Did a good job of it versus Minnesota, but we've seen plenty of coverage busts in other games. Packers have to come out and play some disciplined football. My second defensive key, tackle. Tackle. Because, God, I can tell you one thing for sure. Justin Fields will shred even the best tackling defenses on the ground. He's he's basically a running back on the ground. He is dynamic. He's as dynamic as as really any player gets. So if you think he's dynamic when going up against a defense that knows how to tackle, imagine how dynamic he's going to be against a defense that doesn't know how to tackle. And there's no question in my mind that if Green Bay can't start wrapping up Justin Fields, he will dominate them on the ground. You know what else? It's not just Justin Fields either. Bears don't exactly have slouches at running back. Khalil Herbert's been awesome for them. If Green Bay can't win up front, can't tackle up front, Khalil Herbert's going to shred them too. So, simply put, if Green Bay can't tackle, they will get run all over. Quarterback, running back, it doesn't matter. Chicago's going to eat the clock on Green Bay, and we might just see a second straight year of Green Bay going home, missing the playoffs, and fans being frustrated. How do we avoid that? Tackle. Tackle. And I've been actually very impressed with the run defense for the last few weeks, but they have to keep it up. Kenny, obviously, stud up front. TJ Slayton's been pretty good. The general interior defensive line is playing well, but they have to keep that playoff. They have to keep disengaging. They have to keep tackling. Tackle Khalil Herbert. That's going to be big. I also think Quay Walker has been playing pretty well in run defense, but the linebacker next to him, we don't know if it's going to be Isaiah McDuffie or Eric Wilson. Those guys have to play well too. They have to do a good job of filling their gaps, playing assignment sure football, coming into the gap and wrapping up the running back. Versus Minnesota, I was also particularly impressed with cornerbacks getting involved. Carrington was throwing his shoulder around a little bit. Keyshawn Nixon had multiple plays where he came in to clean things up, made a nice tackle. Need to see some of that 
versus Chicago, getting cornerbacks involved in the in the run defense game, right? So it takes this is going to be a a theme here. You're going to notice a theme. It takes all 11 guys, the interior defensive line, the linebackers behind him, the cornerbacks, the safeties. Darnell Savage, don't keep throwing your freaking chicken wings out there. Go wrap up guys. Actually tackle. It takes all guys rallying to the football, wrapping people up, and that is going to be another key in this game. They have to play assignment sure football. That was my first key. Play disciplined, assignment sure football where they know what zone they're supposed to be in, where they're no, where they know what their job is, and they do their job. And then once you're in a in a good position to make a play because you did your job, finish the finish the job. Tackle. Kenny, disengage, tackle. Preston Smith, disengage, tackle. Quay Walker, fill your gap, tackle. Darnell Savage, actually freaking wrap a player up. Carrington Valentine, throw your shoulder in there. When Justin Fields is coming at you, make him pay. That's going to be the, that, that is what I have from a defensive standpoint. They have to be smart. They can't go out and just play floppy, ugly defense. And trust me, I'm honestly kind of expecting them to. So here's hoping that that doesn't happen. With that out of the way, let's move into my players to watch. My first player to watch, Jordan Love. I am running it back because this season has been all about Jordan Love. I took him as my player to watch back in week one, took him in week eight, took him in, I don't know, week 13, week 14, took him last week against Minnesota because I said, this is probably Jordan's biggest test of the year against Minnesota. He's going up against a defense that shredded him, didn't totally shred him, but shredded the offense in general back in week eight. How is he going to do? He's getting a second shot, getting a, he's basically able to retake the test. How's he going to do? Passed it with flying colors let's see what he does here because i'm not going to say this is as big of a test Uh, it's a different test for sure but this is a big stage for jordan i've talked a bunch about how he's done he's playing right now he's going to be going into a game where he is playing the most important position in football probably the most important position in professional sports for the first time in a game where his entire season is on the line he cannot lose this game at home Lambeau Field this is what it all comes down to the quarterback's play mirrors the offense's play and the quarterback he can take the team he can elevate the team it's time for Jordan to elevate when the team needs him do or die end of the season is it going to be a a massive resounding success or just a a big success, but they go home and are a little bit disappointed. How's the season going to end? Jordan, go out there, ball the flip out. Make us proud. Make us proud. I I mean, there's no question. Jordan's going to be getting paid, paid in the off season. He's going to be getting 20 million bags of money. But in this game, do or die, what does he do? Aaron Rodgers last year, old, looked old, looked cold, kind of shrunk. Jordan better stand tall, go out there, deliver a performance for the ages. That's what I want to see from Jordan. My second player to watch, Quay Walker. I think Quay's been playing relatively well as of late. I think he struggled a little bit coming back from the injury, but I do think he's been steadily getting better on defense. You look back to week one, he had a pick six versus Justin Fields. Since week one, hasn't had another interception, has had multiple balls. Feels like every week there's a ball that goes right off Quay Walker's hands. Now... It's time for Quay to come back and ball out. He's going to be a big part of keeping fields contained. 
playing disciplined assignment sure football. That's going to be a big part of uh, of Quay's game this week. He's also going to need to do a good job of wrapping people up. Wrap up Justin Fields. Wrap up Khalil Herbert. Right, Keep the run game in check. And then you want to talk about something fun? We saw him blitz a lot versus, well, not a lot. We saw him blitz a lot relative to how much he'd been blitzing previously versus Minnesota last week. Let's see it again. Let's see if Joe Barry sends him on a couple of pressures. He's able to go get after Justin Fields. That's what I want to see. I'm very excited to watch Quay Walker. I think he'll come out looking like he's shot out of a cannon, and I'm excited to see. That's what I have. That's what I have for you about this game. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited to be there. I'm so excited to go to Lambeau, get to watch the Packers take on the Chicago Bears. It's going to be one hell of a matchup. I don't know how it's going to go, honestly. Pretty scared to see how it goes. I I really want to see your Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. Let's see what happens, right? Let's see what happens. Go out there, go win a football game. That's what I have. As always, thank you so much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I will be back on, I guess, Sunday night. Though, by the time I get back to a to a hotel room, it might technically be Monday morning. So you might hear, I don't know. The episode will be out by the time you wake up on Monday, recapping the game. That one might definitely be a little bit shorter because I'll be fresh off a car ride back from Lambeau Field. So that's what I have. Again, thank you so much for listening. Be back then. But until then, dream of a Packers victory, dream of snowy Lambeau Field, and dream of Jordan Love going out there and winning yet another football game as the Packers' joyous season continues and they ride into the playoffs. But until then, until Sunday... Go Pack, go!